Our scripture passage this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. We're going to continue in our series um, in the Gospel of Luke. And we're chapter 12, and we're, st- and we're going to be reading verses 35 through 48. So follow me uh, as I read. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them, so blessed are those slaves. Be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, you are addressing this Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put his him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, My master will be a long time in coming, and begins to beat the slave, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him into pieces, and assign him to a place with the unbelievers. When the slave who knew the master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will, will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it, and committed deeds worthy of a flogging, will receive but few. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required, and to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. We, many of us, all of us, at some point or another in our lives, have been told to do something, told, have been told to get ready, been told to be prepared um, for something um, that was coming. And some of us, we, we know in our hearts at those times and those periods in our lives when we were told, you need to get ready, you need to be prepared, you need to be ready for this. And some of us, myself included at times, have ignored that call to be ready, to be prepared. I said, I got this, I got time, I can do this, I can, I can get along, I can, I can do, I know better. How many of us have ever said that I know better? You know, we, we know better, we know in our own minds that we know, we have the answers. Often as a teenager, I was like that, and very hard-headed sometimes. And I know, I know it's like I had the answers for stuff. And I ignored the warnings to be prepared for things. And even as an adult, I was like that as well. And I'm sure some of us were like that as well. Today, Jesus is talking about his second coming, his second return. And he's talking about his people, and he's telling his people and encouraging his people to be prepared, to be ready for when he returns, so that he can come and find us doing what he calls us to do. And that he can... 
and we can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into thy rest. And that's what he wants, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at, we have three points. Number first point is be dressed. Secondly, it's be sure of this. And then thirdly is be ready. In our, in our, in our, in our, in our first point, be dressed, verses 35 to 38, it says, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. So, some of us have a lot of jobs we've, we've been to in our lives. We've had jobs where we went on interviews. And, and, and so if you go in that interview, you want to really look your best, don't you? You want to look your best. You want to present yourself in a way that is going to represent who you really are. You're going to do your best to be ready when you go on an interview, aren't you? And, 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 you know, I'll wear my best tie, I'll wear my best shirt, I'll wear my best, my best pants, and I'll look the best that I can. Same way what Jesus is saying here. It says, be dressed. Be, and keep your lamps lit. In other words, be ready. You're dressed. You're ready for whatever is coming. You're, you're looking your best. You're doing your best. Not looking, looking the best just so you can impress, but you're looking your best so that you can do the very best that you can. You're ready for whatever may come. You have your lamp. Your lamp is all ready. You're waiting for the person to come. They didn't have street lights back then, and so the only way people could see at night would be they would have, they would have to use the lamps. They oil. They would put oil in the lamps, and they have a wick, and they would have to light the lamps. And so they would be dressed. They're prepared. They have the right clothing on. They have everything that they need in order to be prepared so when, the, when they're going to go for that important appointment, when that person is going to come to that appointment, their, their clothes are on, they have the lamp ready, they're looking for the person when they come, and so they're all prepared. And that is what God, what God is saying to us uh, at this point here. It says, be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast. In other words, they're... He's coming back from the wedding feast, and he's coming back to his home, and he's coming back for those his servants, those who serve him, those who love him, those who are uh, a part of his family, so to speak. And he is caught, and so he's, and he could come at any point. He could come at any point, and he's saying to his people, "Be ready, be ready. Don't be caught off guard." How many of us have been caught off guard? I don't need to raise the show, show of hands. We've been caught off guard at times. We've been warned, but sometimes we've been caught off guard, and we, we ignored the warning like I was talking about, and we kind of blew it off, and then we are kind of caught off guard when the situation happened, and we weren't ready for it. And so, what God is saying here is, He's telling us, Jesus could come at any time. He really could. And either he could come or we could be taken home at any time. We could. None of us are guaranteed the next moment. We're really not. And are we, are we prepared, are we ready to meet Jesus? Are we? For his return, his return could be at any moment. Every generation believes that their 
their generation, this is in church history, because I like history, and every generation, as they study, every generation since Christ was here on earth, believed that their generation was the generation that when Christ was going to return. And so there was a, a readiness, a mindset, that at any moment, Jesus could come back, or they could be going home to be with Jesus. So, there was the idea that I'm going to always be ready. I'm always going to be prepared. I'm going to be dressed. I'm going to have my lamps lit. When my master comes, my, the one whom I love, the one whom I care for, the one who is my, the, the one who saved me, the one who is special to me, the one whom I serve with all my heart, is going to come back at any moment. Or I'm going to go home to be with him. Am I ready? Am I dressed? Am I prepared? And that's a good, that's a hard question. Because sometimes we, there's nothing wrong with taking easy because the Bible says we need to rest. We need to take time to rest. We, and we need time to uh, relax. And we need time to enjoy life. And we need to enjoy things, enjoy our family, enjoy things. But we need at the same moment, at the same time, we need to be prepared for when he returns. It says in verse 37, Blessed are the slaves whom the master finds on the alert when he comes. It says, When he comes, truly I say to you, he will gird himself to serve. So if we're ready when he comes, what's he going to do for us? He's going to serve us, isn't he? Normally when the, when the family and the servants come, they serve the master, they serve their king, they serve... But instead... The people, he's going to serve the people. He's going to serve his people and his children when he finds them doing what he has called them to do. He calls them to prepare and ready. He's going to come and serve us. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Amen. A wonderful promise. He already served us by giving up his life for us. But you commit, he already served us by giving the example of washing the disciples' feet. But can you imagine what he's going to do when he finds us? When he comes home, and he's going to serve us. He's going to wash us. He's going to care for us. He's going to provide for us like no one else can. There's no one else that can care for us and serve us and love us like Jesus, is there? It's tenderly, kindly, meekly, in humility. He's going to come and he's going to serve us. And that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to find us doing. He wants to find us prepared and ready for when he comes. So that he can serve us and wait on us as his children, as his people. Whether he comes in the second watch or even the third, verse 38, and finds him so, blessed are those slaves. So blessed are those slaves when he finds them waiting and doing and prepared for when he comes. Because we're going to receive the service of our Lord. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then be sure of this. The idea, be sure of this. It means to be without a doubt. There's no question about it. Be sure of this. In other words, he's saying it sternly and firmly. And he's saying, don't even question it. This is something that you are, it, it's a done deal. Be sure of this. 
When Jesus says something like this, that means it's, it's the reality is it's going to happen. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to question it. You don't have to doubt anything or question that, anything that Jesus says. But when he says it this way, with this emphasis, it's the emphasis of you can know without a doubt that what he's saying here is that you know this and you know it to be true. And you know it's going to happen. Be sure of this, that the thief had come into and the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed the house to be broken into. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So what is he saying here? Be sure of what? Be sure that the Son of Man is going to come at an hour you don't expect. So he's saying, be sure, you know that you know that you know that he's going to come at an hour when you don't expect it. He's going to come when you least expect it. Because then someone says, if I know when he's going to come, I'll just do what I need to do, and I'll be ready when he comes. But if he's going to come at a time when you're not, well, when you don't know, you're always going to be ready, aren't you? Because you don't want to be caught off guard. You don't. I don't. I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. I want When I see Jesus coming, when I go to be in his presence, I want to see a smile on his face. I want to see that. I want to see the open arm. I want to see him. I want to receive the service that we just talked about, where he washes our feet, where he washes my feet. I want to see that. I want to receive his warm embrace. I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into thy rest. I want to hear that. And I hope that we do too. But it comes from being prepared. It comes from being ready when he comes. We can't be lackadaisical in our attitude about Jesus returning or about us going whenever, you know, whenever the Lord decides to take us. We can't be lackadaisical, folks. We cannot be lax. We cannot. It's a serious thing. Not that we can't have fun. We can have fun in the Lord. And we can enjoy the Lord. The joy of the Lord is what? My strength. We can have joy. We can have fun. We can have excitement. But we can also, at the same time, be ready in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. We can. But I want to see Jesus. I want to see it. I, I love hugs. I really do. I really love hugs. But I, I can't wait to get it. To get a real hug from Jesus. You know? I look forward to that. Amen. Okay, let's look. Uh, and our, um, our third point is be ready. It says, you too be ready for the Son of Man is coming the hour that you do not expect. Remember, so there's an, expect, there's an expectation that it's not coming at it, when you think it's going to come. There had been, there was a, uh, a false prophet um, some years ago by the name of Harold Camping. And some of you may have known him, um, a very bad man. Um, but he used to say that he could predict, he would predict, there was times where throughout his work that he did, I'm not going to call it ministry because it wasn't ministry, that the work that he did, would say that, well, Jesus is going to come on such and such a day. And then that day passed. And then he said, and have another day. And then Jesus was going to come on that day. And that day passed. 
and then Jesus, and he, and he kept doing it. Eventually, it was exposed for who he was as a false prophet, because he was trying to predict when Jesus was going to come. When the scriptures are clear that you cannot predict when Jesus will come. Amen. You cannot predict when Jesus will come. Cannot. No one can. No one knows except the Father. Even Jesus doesn't know. The Father hasn't revealed His Son to Jesus yet either. At the right time, He will. But, let's go on here. Peter said, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, Who is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time? Faithful. What is that idea? The faithful? Who is the faithful and sensible steward? What does faithful mean? When you think of the idea of faithful, you think of some, what do you think of in your mind? I know what I think of. I think of a person who's going to do, they're going to keep their word, and they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And you can know and you can trust them that when they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And, 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 and they have a track record of doing that. They're faithful in doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're going. They're they're not they're not hit or miss. They're faithful and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it." And 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 you can trust them, and you can take into account that I know that this person's a faithful person. Okay, so faithful is that idea that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, and they're going to accomplish. And you can trust them that they're going to accomplish that. Secondly, it says sensible. Sensible means wise. They're, they make sense. They make sense in what they do. And they think about things, and they work through things, and, 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 and they carry things out. They don't make things do foolish things. So here's a person that keeps his word, that's faithful in his word, and sensible, it's wise. He's rational. He does things in a wise way. So, what type of person is the Lord going to be looking for when he returns? So, he says, who then is the faithful and sensible steward? Steward means uh, uh, one who is entrusted with the care of things from, their, from someone else. You take good care of things. So, who is going to, the steward is the one who takes care of things. So, who, who are we as God's children? We're stewards of what? The things that he has given to us. We're stewards of things that he has entrusted to us. And so he wants us to be faithful, and he wants us to be wise or sensible with the things that he has entrusted to us individually and corporately. He wants us to, uh, to keep those things. He's entrusted us with what? He's given us each one of us gifts, hasn't he? Some more than others. Um, does it make it any better? Does it make us any better in the Lord's eyes? No. Because he's given some more and some not so much. That's okay. But what he's calling for is he's calling us to be faithful and wise stewards of what we have, of what he has given to us. God's given me a lot. He's given, he's given me the care of you, you all. That's a big responsibility. That is a, the Lord has entrusted me with your care. He's given me my family. That's a part of, of my, that God has given to me um, and given to us. And I'm trusted with that. 
And I need to care for that. I need to care for the other thing. And other the spiritual gifts that he's given me. God's given me a prophetic gift. God's given me a, a gift to be able to teach. God's given me a, a gift to be able to, um, to, um, to be uh, of wisdom. And God's given me other gifts of service as well. Um, and I need to be faithful. I need to be a good steward of what he has given me. That would include finance. That would include um, uh, material things. And sometimes I'm not, I'm not, I haven't always been perfect that way. But the mindset and the idea there is, is that we're trying and we're endeavoring to be faithful for what he has given us. Will we be perfect? No, we're not. We're humans and we, and we fail. But we're, the, the, the reality is, is that we need to have a heart and a mindset that God will please help me to be faithful and a good steward of what you have given me. Help me not to be squandered. Help me not to be, uh, to be foolish with it. Help me to be um, faithful with what you've given me. Help me to be sensible with what you've given me. And help me to, um, to be what you want me to be. And so this is really, 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 really important. That whatever he's given us, whether it's a large amount or a small amount, we need to be faithful and we need to be wise stewards or caretakers of what he has given us. Um, and it says here, um, to give them their rations at the proper time. Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. In other words, blessed is the one who finds that when his master returns, when Jesus returns, he's going to find us using the gifts that God has given us and trusting the, the gifts that God has given us um, the blessings that God has given us, and we're, and we're being good stewards of them. And we're not being foolish, and we're not being unwise, and we're, and we're being faithful for what he has given us. That's what he's looking for when he returns. Is he looking for perfect believers? No. But he's looking for believers, uh, children, his servants, who are endeavoring to live a life where they're learning, endeavoring to be faithful for whatever he has given them and doing them. And that's what he wants us to do, folks. With whatever we've been entrusted with, some of us have gifts of hospitality. Are we using that gift? Because hospitality is a gift. People don't realize it. But hospitality is a gift. Are we using that gift to minister to the, to the hearts of God's people? Teaching is a gift. Like teaching spiritual things. Are we, are we using that gift to further God's kingdom? Uh, encouragement is a gift. Are we using the gift that God's given us to encourage and encouraging others? Are we using the gift of service? There's an, that's another gift. I'm just using some random examples. But that is, are we using those gifts in service to his people, in service to the Lord? And I'm sure there's other gifts that we know about in our lives that God's given us that we know about. Are we using them? Um, we have, some of us have gifts uh, musically. Or teaching children or teaching um, adults. Whatever. But are we using? Are we being faithful? Are we being sensible? Are we being wise with those things? That's so important, folks. It's so, so, so important. 
that we do that because if we are, whenever Jesus returns or whenever, or whenever Jesus takes us home, what's going to happen? He's going to find us where? He's going to find us oh, faithful. And what's he going to say? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. What a wonderful opportunity to hear from our Lord. Well done. I want to hear those words. I want to hear those words. I do. I'm sure we do too as well. Let's finish up here. Verse 44. Blessed is, verse 43. Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, we'll put him in charge of all his possessions. So if we're found faithful, what's he going to do? He's going to put us in charge of all his other things. He's going to give us more, isn't he? Amen. Yes. Because we've been faithful with a little, he's going to make us faithful in much. If we're not faithful in little, he won't make us faithful in much. Will he? And that's so important. So let's be faithful for what he has given us now. Be prepared. Be ready for when he comes and he returns. But... Um, verse 45, but if the slave says in his heart, my master will be a long time in coming and begin to beat his slaves, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. So the slave says in his heart, the servant, the, the servant says in his heart, ah, I got this. And he said, Jesus, God's not coming back for a while. And he knew the message. And he knew what his master said. He knew what his master did and what his master required of him. He knew the gifts and he knew the talents. He knew the things that he had been given and he just squandered them. He squandered them and he said, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. And he starts treating people harshly. He starts treating people badly. He starts throwing out self-control and just living a life of wanton pleasure without any control, without any thought of is this harmful to my master? Is this something that I'm going to it's going to hurt my master? So he doesn't have any regard for what his master said. He doesn't think his master is going to come back. Well, I can get away with it. I can get away with it. God doesn't. He's not going to come back for a while. I can, I can do whatever I want. And the reality is, one of the requirements, and I know I preach on this a lot, but one of the things that God really, what's, what's one of the two greatest commandments? Is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And to love what your neighbor as yourself. And that means treating people in love. So did you see here how he said that, but if the slave says in his heart, my master will come a long time, and he's, he begins to beat the slaves, both men and women. In other words, he starts to treat people harshly. He doesn't treat them in love. Doesn't treat people kindly. Doesn't say kind things. Doesn't, it's, he doesn't speak the truth in love. Sometimes we have to speak the truth, but you speak it in love, don't we? Mm -hmm. But you don't treat people like trash. You don't treat people harshly. You don't treat people in an unkind manner, in an unkind way. You don't. 
And so the person who doesn't really know God, the person who is not ready, is the kind of person who treats other people in a harsh, unkind, unloving way. And they live a life for themselves. Whatever they want, whatever makes me feel good. Whatever makes me feel good, I'll do. Because it's about me. It's not about him. And it's not about others. It's all about me. And, we, and, and the person who is ready is a person who is, it's, a, it's about God first. It's about others. Then himself. Because if it's God first, your priority is that I'm going to love God first, I'm going to love others, I'm going to treat them kindly and in love, and then everything else will follow, and God will take care of the rest of your needs in your life. He will. He will, folks. And that's so important, because that's one of the qualities I think that's often missing in the church, because sometimes in the church, folks, and I've been saved 40 plus years, I've seen a lot of Christians who call themselves Christians, believers who have been believers for a long, long time, treat other people like trash. And treat them harshly and talk down to them, condescendingly, hurt, hurting people, and it's not right. That's not what God's looking for. God's looking for people that are kind, that are loving, that are caring, that are respectful. And treat others in a way and a manner that he would have treated them. How did Jesus treat Mary Magdalene, even though she was a sinner? How did he treat her? In what? In kindness and love, didn't he? He did. He's our example, folks. He's our example. If he treated others who were sinners that were, you know, um, in a kind and loving manner, we ought to do the same. That's the kind of people that our Master, Jesus, when He returns and we go home, better find us doing. And not living a life of want and pleasure. Want and pleasure means just living for ourselves. Nothing wrong with having things and having fun and enjoying life. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a time where if it goes beyond excess and it's just for you and you don't care about anybody else as long as you have fun, then there, there's a problem there. Right. The master will come, in verse 46, the master of the slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he does not know, come to pieces and sign the place with the unbelievers. So th this is those who have been Christian, well, I'm not going to say Christian because it's talking about unbelievers here that are not ready. Because if you're a believer, you will be ready. You will be prepared. Because you hear your master, and you want your master to, um, you want to, you want to please your master. You want to hear, "Well done, a good and faithful servant." But there's people in the church that hear. Not everybody who sits in the church on Sunday morning is saved, folks. Mm. We may think they are. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're saved. Mm. You can go to church all you want, 52 weeks a year. Three, uh, 52 weeks a year, forever how long you live, and you, and you faithfully, and then, and then you do 
those things, but if you've never given your life to Christ, you've never asked Him into your heart as your Savior, then you're not saved. And if you're living a life that is not a life that shows that you are a son or daughter of Him, where you treat others harshly, treat others kindly, and you go live a life of wanton pleasure without any thought that this is going to hurt God or dishonor God, then there's something wrong there. And I seriously question whether that person is genuinely saved or not. And so those are the people who know. They know the Master's will. They've heard it 52 weeks a year. They know Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. They hear the message. And yet they do nothing to get prepared. They choose to do nothing to be prepared for when he returns. So when Jesus comes, they're not ready. Because they heard the message. They heard the message and they did nothing to prepare for the message. The first step was to receive Jesus into your heart. And the second part is, is that allow Jesus to sanctify you and change your life. And that never happened because they never initially received Christ. They heard it. They had all this knowledge. They had all this knowledge. Just because you have knowledge, the devil has knowledge too. But he doesn't act on it. But people have knowledge. Just because they have knowledge doesn't mean they're saved. But if they have knowledge, that means they're going to be required more from God. Then there are those who have had, you know, they have had little they haven't been, they haven't heard messages. In other words, they haven't, I mean, they haven't, and God will, God will deal with them. God will judge justly with them as well. But the reality is, is what he's saying for us, folks, is that we know, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we hear the message, we know the message, we understand the message, and we just should be ready for when our master returns, because we know. Because he'll require more of us if we don't. Not that we can lose our salvation, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing as believers, then yeah. it's gonna be you're not gonna it's gonna be really it's gonna be that it's gonna be a little bit more challenging for us when we go home to be with the Lord. That's right. So let's just Prepare our hearts. Let's be ready. Let's do our best to love Jesus first, to love others, to be kind, to be gracious to others, to live a life that's of discipline and self-control, living the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let's live, those, let, let's live those things out in our lives. Because if we do... We're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, and turn to our rest. Amen.